scripture today, verses 1 to 9. And I uh, want to just take the opportunity to read this to you, New King James Version. You know, if you're reading this passage in the NIV this morning, you'll find that verse, a part of verse 3 and verse 4 aren't there. They completely miss it out. And not that they miss it out, it's just an original, some of the original manuscripts, they didn't have these verses in there, but New King James has added it in. Now, I'm not going to give you all the reasons why today, okay, but I just want you to understand, I've, I've included verse 3 and 4, um, because there was some thoughts that, that maybe there was some tradition behind this, but it, and it didn't happen necessarily. But anyway, whatever the story, I believe God can speak to us through it. John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9, it's about this... Um, uh, about a, uh, a pool called Bethsaida. Um, it's just outside the, the, the gates or the, or the um, walls of Jerusalem. Um, and Jesus is on his way to a feast, a Jewish feast that they're going to celebrate. And the reason they were going to celebrate is because of what God has done in the past and the Jewish nation's existence and brought them out of slavery and all those type of things. And so Jesus is going to celebrate this feast as well. So in verse 1, and on the way, he has a detour, okay? And that's what the story is about. Verse 1, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, which is called in Hebrew uh, Bethesda, five porch, um, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool... Uh, this is the verse that misses out in some, ver- in some versions. Stirs up the water, then whoever steps in first after the stirring of the water was made, made well because of whatever disease they had or he had or she had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Wow, that's a fair while, isn't it? When Jesus saw them lying there, he knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him and said, Said, I have no man to, or no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, <clears throat> Rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Here is a man that is described in the scripture says he has an infirmity. And you know, an infirmity could mean many things. Um, uh, it, it could be a physical condition. It could be a mental condition. Um, we do get a little bit of insight that he was probably pr- had paralysis of parts of his body, maybe his legs, because we see clearly that Jesus, is, uh, he says, no one can help me get in the water. So obviously he needed help maybe walking. And then right at the end, we see Jesus says to him, get up. So maybe it was some kind of paralysis or Maybe he'd had a stroke, but whatever the situation, he's been that condition for 38 years. If you were to think that you had some kind of infirmity like that for 38 years, um, how desperate would you be? Um, maybe we might have lost hope. Uh, maybe we, by that time, 38 years of this problem, oh, that's just my life. I want to say that with God, we never need to lose hope. We never need to give up. And uh, this man... Um, Of course, for 38 years, and probably maybe because of the physical ailment that he had, maybe he had some mental trauma because of that. You know, um, maybe Peter, um, people had said to him, "You'll never get healed." And obviously, he he was a bit, he was a bit um, uh, disturbed because he was in this situation 
as the New King James Version says, where he, if you hopped in the water and you got in there first, you could be healed. But I don't know if he'd been by the pool for 38 years. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he had. Maybe he hadn't. But that's a long time to be trying to be first and get in the water. That would cause some element of frustration and concern and, and probably some element of real anguish for him. So maybe he had physical and mental health issues. So we see um, whatever his condition was, he was still desiring to be healed. That's a good thing. You know, each of us here this morning, God has created us to have life. Would you agree? We wouldn't have been born if we didn't. God didn't want us to have life. Um, Jesus states that I've come to give life to the fullest. And we all desire life to the, to the fullest. And we want to enjoy family. We want to enjoy friends. We want to enjoy life. Every one of us, every day, generally, we don't get up and say, I want to die today. No, we say, I know that some people may. But generally, we say, I, we get up not even thinking about it. But we, we go through the day trying to make the most of the day in the, circumstances, in the situations we've got. We want to have um, life. Unfortunately, what happens is, we can face opportunities um, for brokenness to happen in our lives. Um, we make bad decisions. Bad things happen to us sometimes. And, and, we, and we either, when bad things happen or because of bad decisions we make or just because life unfolds and bad things happen, we have a decision whether to we're going to recover or we're going to, or we're going to make a decision whether we're going to be, um, be more broken and it all depends on our response to what happens to us, doesn't it? And sometimes we can, we can respond as a victim and believe things are against us, or we can respond as a victor and believe that, I, you know what, I can actually learn something through this situation. I can come through victorious. And it seems quite, quite ironic, isn't it? A situation can happen to two different, same situation, two different people. One can just say, I'm going to learn from this and grow and, and go on better heights. And, and, and it actually becomes the making of the person, and yet... Another person can face the same situation and they spiral downwards because they just can't seem to get past it and it, and it becomes a, like a, a wall to them. And they want to see breakthrough, but they don't know how to. The wonderful thing is God has preempted or he's forethought uh, that we're going to have some struggles and brokenness in this life. And Jesus said, um, he set Jesus up that when he comes, he would mend and fix the brokenness of our lives. I know that's really simple, but that's the good news of Jesus. That he wants to come and fix the brokenness in our lives. And once he left, he left the Holy Spirit to be with us as well. So that he would continue the work in our hearts. And, I'm, and even this morning in our worship, as if you engage, his presence can start to bring wholeness and health in our bodies and lives. I've got no doubt about that. He's powerful. So, you know, I find in life... That we can be broken up and we can be broken down and we can be broken hearted or we can just be plain broken or we could be broke. Um, all of those things. But the reality is, is that I would, I would encourage you today, like this man, don't give up having a desire to break through. Don't give up with the desire to break through. Because I believe in our God there is a, that he wants to bring us into a breaking through of the things that sometimes we think are just death sentences on our lives. Don't listen to it. He wants us to break through those things. Break through. Um, a breakthrough is what it says. It's breaking through that which wants to hold us captive. 
It's those things, it's breaking through the mindsets of the destructive, breaking through the destructive attitudes. It's, it's so, so that we can be free to know healing and health in our bodies and in our minds. And Jesus even said himself, um, he, for the express purpose, he said, I've come. You know, God sent Jesus. You must say, Jesus, he just came to enjoy life. No, no, no. Jesus was not, didn't come for a pleasure cruise. He came to be a lifeboat. That's the reality of it. And he even said about himself in Luke chapter 4, he, he, he talked about himself and he, he, he mentioned, he, he um, quoted from Isaiah. He said, in Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, the gospel, the good news. And then he said, he has sent me to heal the what? The brokenhearted. He wants to do something for the brokenhearted, broke, the broken down, the broken in pieces. And he says, to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives. He says, and recovery of sight to the blind. And maybe that's not just physical blindness, but maybe that's blindness of those people who just cannot see the reality that God has an incredible life for them. And then it says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed or those who are anxious or those who are worried or those who are just um, can't see a better future. So I want to talk to you this morning about where breakthrough begins. Because I think it's really important that we understand because unless you know where it begins, how will you ever know to break through it? How will you ever know to break? How could you ever know to break through it? Where breakthrough begins. Okay. Can everybody just say that with me? Where breakthrough begins. Where does it begin? Um, well, let's start. Let's begin with this incredible story of uh, that Jesus, the story of healing and breakthrough for this man. And first of all, it says here in this scripture, it says that around the pool lay the sick, okay? And even, uh, even mentions the particular ailments of some of the people. It says the blind, okay? It says the lame. It says the paralyzed, okay? And then if, even if I was to continue on, um, I could say maybe there were the addicted. Maybe there was the anxious, Maybe there's the hurt, maybe the offended, maybe the upset, maybe the angry people that are around the pool. And if I kept on going, maybe I would mention the person sitting next to you this morning. Maybe in your row today, let me tell you about everybody in my row, and I'll include myself in my row. The truth is, is that we all have opportunity at different times of our lives to be ones who would be candidates to sit around that pool because we just need some breakthrough in our hearts. Would you agree? There's just, maybe all of us have had opportunity. Maybe not just in the past, but maybe today you're here and said, man, if I could just know I have a breakthrough, I could just have wholeness in this area. If I could just work, get through this one. Well, I got some good news this morning. Jesus is in the business of bringing breakthrough in lives. He's in that business. He did, just because he walked the dusty roads of Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago and touched men and women's lives and brought breakthrough, do you think it's any different today? No, it's not. He still wants to walk through the dusty roads of your heart and say, hey, you know what? We can clean this up. We can clean this up. And so we see Jesus had an appointment with this man who didn't know that he was having an appointment with Jesus that day. He got up like any other day. He went, he, he, maybe he didn't live far and someone carried him or he, he maybe stumbled or, or crawled to that place beside the pool just on the edge of the water, hoping to be the first to get in. But it was, there was a lot of people there. 
So we don't, we don't know. Uh, he didn't know it was going to be a different day, but he'd been waiting for 38 years for this day. Not, not necessarily near the pool, but he'd been waiting 38 years. And it, was a, and it was a long time to be waiting. So Jesus looks, you know, when Jesus comes to this pool, I can just imagine, I think Jesus looks for the worst case scenario. I think, I think that's what God's about sometimes. He, he looks at, he looks, Jesus looks and, and he can tell and he knows his words of knowledge in his mind. Or this one is, uh, this one's been like that a year. Or this one's been four years. But this guy over here, 38 years, he's been like that. So Jesus goes to the worst case scenario. And he, cause you know what? I often think that he wants to go to the, in your heart, he wants to de- dig in and, and deal with the worst situations that you face. I think he wants to come and he wants to deal with those. He wants to take the brokenness and turn it into wholeness. Because you know the truth is, I, I come to church and I can present my, or even come to God or whatever, and I present my best parts to God on a Sunday. I say, God, you know, this week, you know, I prayed this week. I read my Bible this week. Oh, God, I sound good singing this morning. I present my best parts. And I think God's excited about all of that. I think he says, well done. I think we come to God and we present our best parts. But you know what? If you want breakthrough, you've got to present the needy parts. You've got to expose the needy parts, not to everybody, but to God. You've got to come and say, God, you know, the reality is, you know, it's okay. God, I'm, I'm looking good on the outside. But you know, there's some things I'm yet to deal with on the inside. There's some things that worry me. There's some, there's some things that are just a little broke. They're broken and I need to get them fixed, God. And we need to present that. And I think Jesus looks for the worst part of us and says, that's what I want to start first. And I want to bring wholeness to that area. Um, we can often have God in our sights, but have we closed our hearts off to what he can do in our lives? And the, and the, and the very first thing about breakthrough, breaking through our struggles I want to say today is desire. It's getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's saying, I've had enough of this. And and for desire, because sometimes if it's been 38 years, sometimes you can just feel like, give up. I want to say this morning, don't be in that, don't give up. Because God is a God who says, you know what? I I can do it. And and get, and you know, I, I want to do something out of the ordinary. This could be the day. I want to just see a change. I want to see a shift from what you, you know and start to see. Because this is where breakthrough begins. It begins with just simple desire in your heart to say, I'm going to, get, I'm going to put myself in a place where God can minister into those and expose the real needs of my heart to Him. Say, so, Father, here I am. I don't want to live with this any longer. I've had enough of it. It's, it's no longer I want it to be on my agenda every day of my life. I want to see something change. And you have to make a decision to change, don't you? Otherwise, nothing changes unless you make a decision to change. Um, you know, if you would ask me what I enjoy doing, I would tell you in the way of exercise, I'll go for a run any day of the week. If anybody wants to go for a run, tell me, I'll run with you. You don't have to run fast, I'll run at whatever pace. Um, I'll go for a walk with my wife, I'll walk with my children. I enjoy doing that, I'll walk and run. But here's the thing. At this moment in my life, I do not want to ride a push bike. Now, for everybody who rides push bikes here, I understand. I don't think push bike by riding is terrible, but the reality is, is I just, it's just, 
I, I, I have a few too many scars on my body to remind me that it's been an uncomfortable uh, adventure for me at times to ride a push bike any distance. I'll ride it short distances, but any great distance. For some reason, push bikes and me don't agree at the moment, okay? And you know what? I have no desire. No desire. I don't know that for some of you that's like, you've got a problem. I have. I don't want to ride a push bike at the moment. Now, one day I may resort to push bike riding. I understand it's healthier than running because it doesn't jar your bones and knees as much. And I understand that. But at the moment, go for it. If you're riding a push bike, enjoy yourself. But don't look for me. I won't be there. I have no desire. Because unfortunately, the scars on my body remind me how painful and uncomfortable push bike riding has been for me. Now... The reality is that maybe we have some terrible scars, maybe on our souls, and reminders of pain and hurt that you just don't want to go there. Um, but the things we step back from is the very thing that will bring us into a breakthrough. Sometimes, you know, the things we step away from, sometimes there's those places that remind us of painful situations or painful hurt. And, and you know, to ever to ever see wholeness and health in an area, to ever live a, a more, you know, more of what God has for you, we've got to step into and not step away from. And, 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 and you've got to realize that he wants you to you know, dive into that and res- because he can, that's the only way that he can then put his hands on it and bring about, a, 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 I suppose, a rectifying of that brokenness in our hearts. And um, it requires us to break through and here's the analogy, hop back on your bike or hop back on the horse. I don't know what it is, but for me, it'll be hopping back on the bike. And please, after this morning's service, it's okay. I've been healed. I believe in my memories from bike riding. But, you know, there's going to come a point where I've just got to deal with it, haven't I? And sometimes the scars keep on reminding us that there's a place I don't want to go. But God says exactly where I want you to go and you've got to... Let desire rise again and say, Father, we've got a deal. See, I've noticed that we don't mind change. We, we don't mind change. As long as the change is about our circumstances or situations and not about me. Isn't that true? Change my circumstances, change my situations, but me, leave me out of the story. Just God, if you want to help me, change the circumstances. But you know what I've discovered? You can change the situation, but I'm still left with me. You can change your location, but I've still got to take me there. You can get a bigger house, but I've still got to live in it. I'm the... You can get more money, but I've still got a problem. You know, you can, uh, that person that you don't like can move away, but you've still got to live with your, <laughs> you. You know what I'm saying? See, um, we've got to realize, while we don't mind the circumstances changing, we've got to realize the greatest change that needs to happen sometimes is not the circumstances or the situations. It's me that's got to change. We're going to be set free from me. Me has got to be set free from me. There was a survey conducted on Facebook, and it asked a simple question, just one question. They said, what area of your life needs a breakthrough? And over a 1,000 people responded with their answers. And it was interesting because I noticed 90% of the people who responded said these type of things. Their response uh, was this. I need a change in the person who lives in my house because they're not right. I need a change in my job because it makes me unhappy. I need a change in my child because they're uncontrollable. Isn't it interesting 
90, uh, 90% of them didn't mention there was one thing that was missing. No one admitted, I need a change in me because I need to be set free from me from me. And interesting, isn't it? So often breakthrough begins right here with me. Right here this morning, breakthrough begins with me. Not a change in my circumstance. Not a change in my situation. And so often over my lifetime, I discovered that even though I thought it was someone else who needed to change for me to feel better, it was really me. Even though I thought I just need a, I just need a change of scenery, unfortunately, it wasn't a change of scenery. It was a change in me that was needed. And I can tell you about my breakthroughs. We all have them, and I pray that we do. But, you know, today, maybe again, God's saying to you, come on, you need a breakthrough, and it starts right here with me, you. Um, so we see this man, was, uh, this sick man, um, Jesus asked him a question. It was a simple question. It wasn't a difficult question. And the question was this, do you want to be made well? Okay. And look at this man's response because it reveals a lot about his mindset. He says, but, but no one is here to help me get in the water. In other words, or no one's here to place me in the pool at the right time. In other words, no one is here to change my circumstances. No one is here to change my situation. If only I could change the situation, I'll have a breakthrough. And Jesus didn't ask, him about, didn't ask the man about his situation. He asked him, do you want to change? Not, do you want it to change? Do you want to change? Do you want to be made well? <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Maybe if God, sometimes we, 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 we're asked that question, do you want to be made well? Maybe we've got this set of th thoughts in our mind that says, yes, if only these situations could change. If only the circumstances around me could change. Folks, until something changes here, nothing changes anywhere, really. Nothing changes. And this, this, mis, this man misunderstood what Jesus was asking him. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Not do you want to feel better? There's a difference. Because you can come to God and you can feel better, but you never get well. You can come through the door of a church and sit in a church and feel, I feel better on a Sunday. I go out of here pumped. But you know, sometimes I've come in here better, but the truth is I never got well. You know, I'm not talking about just physical sickness. I'm talking about I didn't deal with the, you know what I'm saying? See, there's a difference. We all want to feel better, and so we should. But the reality is that sometimes we can feel better, but we're still not well. So the man, we see this man had some reasons. Everything the man said was true to Jesus. He says, no one here is to help me. Uh, and when I do go to get in, you know, they push past and I miss out. They're all facts. But facts have to be pushed past if we're going to lean in for breakthrough. And maybe today you've got so many things, truths and realities. You're, they're possibly all right. And, you know, they all yell at you that you can't have that answer. You can't see a change. You can't see a circumstance. But, um, and I'm not even saying it's going to all happen today, but you know what? You can position yourself today for breakthrough. Or you can start to have, see where breakthrough begins. And when you do, you can start to move forward towards that. And see, we see too many times we have all the, the, the voices speak to us. It'll never happen that way. You can never see that change. You can never see that circumstance. 
Because you have to push through something and you have to push down something to break through something, don't you? And some of the things we've got to push down is all the reasons and all the excuses that come. Um, we can have it. And this man, he'd built up a list of excuses. He'd built up a list of excuses of why he was not healed. Um, the woman, there's, there's an interesting story and um, backstory to this story because if you go to the previous chapter of John chapter 4, um, previous to John chapter 5, where this story unfolds, you see Jesus had another encounter, had another conversation with a woman. We often call her the woman of Samaria. Jesus had been with his disciples all day. They've walked quite a distance. They get to the outer limits of a city called Samaria, and Jesus sits down at a well. The disciples go into the town to buy food. He sits there because he's tired, he's hungry, he's thirsty. A woman, later in the afternoon, late in the day, comes by herself to the well to draw water. And Jesus says to her, would you get me a drink of water? The woman is totally surprised, taken off guard by this, and says, just wait a second, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, we don't talk to each other. Ethnically, we are opposed in our belief systems. You, you know, I'm a woman, let alone you know, a Samaritan. I've got a double whammy here, you shouldn't talk to me. And yet Jesus does talk to her, and he says a couple things to this woman. He says, you know what? If you knew who was talking to you, you would realize that I can give you living water using the kind of the metaphor of the well that was there, right there in front of them. He says, I could give you living water that you'd never thirst again. And then in verse 14 of John chapter 4, Jesus says, you know what? I can give you water like a fountain that will spring up into everlasting life. That's the kind of water I can give you. He has this conversation. This woman is so amazed at what Jesus speaks to her about that we find that she, uh, she, there's, something, there's a shift in her life. There's a breakthrough in her life because she'd kind of had a life of many different husbands. Five, actually, been married five times and now the man she's with is not a husband. Um, so it was an interesting life and she has a breakthrough. She goes and tells everybody in the city about Jesus and Jesus goes there and stays there and there's breakthrough. Wonderful things happen. But here's the point that I want to talk about is because what Jesus mentions in chapter 4 is what Jesus does in chapter 5. He says, you know, I'm the water of life. I'm the everlasting fountain that springs up to everlasting life. And so when he comes to the man, so this sick man has all the reasons that he can't get into the water for healing. But here's the point. Jesus says, you couldn't get to the water. That's why the water has come to you. And I tell you, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, knocks on your heart. And he says, maybe you haven't got what you need because maybe you've been looking for the, for the pool to give you all the answers when it's really the Son of God who's got all the answers. He's the one who wants to provide the water of life. And even though you can't get into the water, uh, maybe that's a good thing because the water has come to you today. And I'm going to provide what this, this world can't provide. And what the world can't take away once you've got it. And it's water of life. And Jesus, I am the water of life. I am the hope. I am the future. I am everlasting. It, it, it's amazing what I could do. But would you just allow me to do it? Would you give me a moment today to meet you at your need? Um, Jesus is that living water. Today we can be so frustrated about the circumstances that aren't changing. But you don't need to hope in the circumstances any longer. You need to invite the water to come into your life. 
you need to let God come and, and, and give. And you say, well, I've been praying about it. Well, why? But you know what? I find that maybe we just need to realize how, maybe sometimes we just need to get a little desperate. I say, Father, I need a change. There's something has got to change here. Would you start with me? Would you start with me? See, um, breakthrough begins when my excuses end. Breakthrough begins when my excuses end. Well, God, nothing will ever change. Nothing ever happens good for me. This is, this is my lot in life. No, no, no. Stop the excuses and say, Here's the ex-, you know, when my excuses end, that's when breakthrough can start to begin. And the world will scream at you all the time, the, the reasons why. Why? Why? You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't believe for that. You can't believe for that child to ever respond to Jesus or to come back to God. You can't believe for that. Why don't you just come before? I've discovered that you know God wants to do something in me so often about things that I find a struggle. And sometimes I say to God, well, just change their circumstance. No, 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 God, just change me and how I deal with it. And you'll find that God can use you to even be a vessel for use to change the circumstances. So Jesus makes this request of this, um, this man. It was a simple request. He didn't say a lot. Well, the scripture doesn't reveal a lot that Jesus said. He said, do you want to be made well? And then the second thing Jesus says to this man is this. Simple question or a simple command. And I'll paraphrase it in two words. Get up. Get up. And here's the truth. While you're waiting for the angel to calm down, or maybe we could say we're waiting for God to come down, or we're waiting for the circumstances to change, or we're waiting for the situation to get better, God is waiting for you to get up. Come on. Sometimes we, we want everything to change around us, but all he's waiting for is you to respond and say, I need the change. I need to be the change agent. I need to let God do something in my life. And you know what he's saying? You get up. Because this, this man who possibly had the infirmity was paralysis, finally got up. He stood on his feet, took his mat. And I reckon he would have been pretty excited about that. And everybody around the pool would have been going, wait, you've got to get in the water to do that type of stuff. Hey, we've got the formula. You've got to jump in the water first before, you know, and people will say to you when something starts to happen, hey, you can't do it that way. I want to tell you God will do it the way he wants to do it. And he's asking you this morning, come on, if you're going to have a breakthrough, breakthrough begins when you get up out of that situation and you allow God to do something amazing. When you get up, because we're waiting for God to do something, we're waiting for the circumstance to change, we're waiting for the situation to be better. Don't wait any longer. You just get up. And say, God, change me. Renew in me with the right spirit of God. Cleanse me, Father. Do, do what you have to do, but start with me. And so often then when we look at our circumstances and we look at our situations, we look at it through a different set of glasses and we see it differently because he's changed something in here. See, change me. May that be our prayer. Be like living water in my soul, God. Spring up in my life. That's the place where breakthrough begins. Breakthrough begins is when we get sick and tired of being sick and tired and the desire rises. Breakthrough begins when we realize it's not a change of circumstances, a change of me. Breakthrough begins when we stop waiting for something or somebody around us to change and we get up and we allow change in our hearts to happen 
the life-giving water of Jesus Christ, what He offers through the Holy Spirit. Can we get up this morning and we'll let's worship for a moment as we close this service out. Is that cool? Can we just do that this morning? They're going to lead us in a worship song this morning. Don't close off at this moment. Oh, we're just about finished. We'll go home, have lunch. It's going to be great. No, no. Just for a moment. Would you just give a few more moments to say, Father, what, what needs to happen? What do I want to see a shift in? You know, it's not necessarily just your bad decision. It might be something that's happened in life that's just downright not nice. And you just need to see a shift in that. But as we worship to, no, this, for this one more time, so we, maybe we start to present that. Come on, let's just sing this song. And let's bring it before him. Father, we thank you. Our fight is with weapons unseen. Your enemies crash to their knees. As we rise up in worship. When trials unleash like a flood. The battle belongs to our God. As we cry out in worship. Yes, Lord. The victory is yours. You're riding on the storm. Your name is unfailing. Though kingdoms rise and fall, your throne withstands it all. Your name is unchanging. What helmet to break me has failed. Now nothing will silence my praise. I will cry out in worship. The walls of the prison will shake. The chain breaking king rose to say as we cry out in worship. The victory is yours, you're riding on the storm. Your name is unfailing. Rise and fall, your throne will stand it all. Your name is unshaken. The victory is yours. You're riding on the storm. Your name is unfailing. No kingdoms rise and fall. Can I just make an invitation this morning to us 
that, you know, as we stand before in this service, before God, that we have an opportunity to kind of um, put our mark on the ground and say, it starts with me today. Father, I just want you to do something afresh. I just, I just humbly bow my heart before you and say, Father, I just need to see that change. I just need to see a breakthrough. And it's going to start with me. So if this morning you're here and you feel prompted, you know, I'd invite you to actually, because I often find that you've got to do something to step out of that which is comfortable sometimes and just step out and say, yep, I'm going to step out and let God come in. I'm going to do something physical to kind of promote or example my belief in you, God, today. So I invite you just to come forward and stand here before him as we worship this song. We're not going to have people come and necessarily um, pray a long time, but I just, I'm just, I just want to, I, I might pray, lay hands on you quickly because I believe in impartation, but I just want you to come foremost to him this morning and say, Father, here I am. It starts with me. Continue the work, please. So I invite you as we worship this morning. Can we do that? is yours. You're riding on the storm. Your name is unfailing. Your kingdoms rise and fall. Your throne will stand it all. Yes, Jesus. Your name is unshaken. Your name is unshaken. 